0: hello and welcome back to mainly movies the podcast where we mainly talk about movies i'm dj and as always i'm joined by my co-host aaron how's it going man
1: pretty good dj we have two movies to talk about, um, which is another first after our long hiatus. Uh, I don't know, I'm I'm actually excited to talk about these movies.
0: Yeah, I think we are trying to hit, you know, 2021, the ground running. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we are trying to be a little bit more active, um, which is... Easy to do when there are quality films to talk about. So I think the first one we're going to spend the bulk of our time talking about is Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, just came out on Christmas Day, both in theaters and HBO Max. It's been quite a while since you and I have been able to talk about a superhero movie. And oh boy, I am so excited to talk about it.
1: <laughs> I I really... Okay, see, so you've, you've told me that you're excited to talk about it. This could go one of two directions. Okay. <laughs> Well, honestly, I'd be more shocked. This is mostly just based off of the online feedback I've seen. Mm-hmm. Because there was a pretty harsh blowback on this movie. I feel like this is probably the first movie since maybe even the start of quarantine that, like, a large number of people all saw, basically, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like there's been kind of a consensus forming around it. And I'm very curious whether you strongly agree with or strongly disagree with the Internet's consensus on this movie.
0: Um, I guess just to give context, it, to make sure we're both looking at like the right or, or at the same corners of the Internet, it seems to be largely extremely negative, right? Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. <laughs>
1: I don't have my own corner of the internet that's like, you know what? Wonder Woman 84 was the best movie I've seen this year.
0: You never know. Uh, You really never know. (laughs) So I had to check. Um, I think the internet's being a little harsh. Because, so, Grace and I, we watched this after we got home from visiting family. It was a long day of traveling. We, like, just chucked our bags at the door. Said, we'll unpack later. Popped, like, two bowls of popcorn. Just sat down. And we were thoroughly entertained. Part of the reason we were thoroughly entertained is because we kinda just roasted the movie the whole time. But that being said, I don't like I don't think this is the worst thing in the world. I, I don't know, it feels like the clamoring of the internet has built this up to be like much worse than I think uh it actually is. I think it's just more dumb than anything and that's fine and i think that's kind of why i really wanted to talk about it with you because i was like there's a lot of things here we can make fun of but i don't think it's like the worst or anything um, okay
1: good i think i think we're going to end up being pretty much in agreement on this because so i i also we my family all sat down and watched wonder woman over christmas break um on hbo max I don't even know if my dad knew that he had an HBO Max account. I certainly (laughs) did, because I use it all the time. Um, But honestly, like, so I feel like with Tenet, the last movie we discussed, Mm -hmm. a big portion that was missing from that was the theater experience of, like, you needed to see that on a large scale and, like, have the music pounding, even if it obscured half of the dialogue. (laughs) Like, Christopher Nolan makes his films definitely to be the admit theater. And I would normally say the same for superhero movies, just Mm -hmm. because I think of them as such, like, large events. But, like you, I think I really found myself enjoying this movie purely just watching it with, like, family and, like, talking and laughing through it. Right. And, like, pointing out different things, which... I don't know. I don't know if we would have done that as much at a theater. My family normally goes to the theater on Christmas, but um, I don't know. It was just nice kind of sitting around and having a movie and like, I I don't know, you got Kristen Wiig showing up in her cheetah CGI and it's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I I think I, I think I did have fun with this movie and I found myself, I don't know, maybe more defending it than I thought I would at least mentally Mm -hmm. but it sounds like i won't have to defend it too much against you
0: no no i don't think so like i i really had a good time i i i think just because it is uh the movie in the spotlight right now it's a little easy to beat up on it because you know it's a dc and movie and it's a superhero movie but i had a fun time there are a lot of dumb things and i can't wait to go through it
1: um (laughs) But yeah, it, I, And yes, DJ, it is a dumb movie. I don't want it to come across as like me thinking that it's like some work of art. Because oh, no, no, I don't, I don't
0: think anyone is making that jump.
1: <laughs> yeah, just some of the main plot devices of this movie are just dumb.
0: Truly baffling, <laughs> truly yes. baffling.
1: <laughs> yes, oh man. Okay. So I don't I don't know how I want to attack this one. We can we can kind of go beat by beat, but I think we're just going to kind of get off on tangents of the ridiculous things that happened in this.
0: I think we will, but I think every beat deserves a little just like a little <laughs> acknowledgement because oh man, this movie is wild. Um uh, yeah. to set the scene though. I, I think you said this a while ago that you had like rewatched uh 2017's Wonder Woman uh somewhat recently. And some of the sheen from the first time you saw it had kind of um, wiped away and it probably wasn't as good of an experience, especially like the third act. And unfortunately, I'm right there with you. I I think the spectacle of seeing Wonder Woman on screen, like I I still think Wonder Woman as a whole is a very good movie, but I didn't enjoy it nearly as much in rewatches as I did that first time.
1: Okay. Yeah. and. I'll still say, I feel like I use Wonder Woman as kind of like a, a, I don't know, lead-in to DC movie. Like, I feel comfortable showing people Wonder Woman out of the DC extended universe of the past seven or eight years or whatever, Mm -hmm. just because I feel like that's more safe. Like, people, you get mostly what you expect. Yes, there's some dumb parts to it. Yes, the... The final battle is just obnoxiously over-CGI'd, um, and it has its faults, but overall, I think that's one of the best things that DC has done since The Dark Knight.
0: I mean, yeah, looking at the other movies in the DCEU, you probably won't show them Man of Steel, because uh, I still like Man of Steel, but it, I understand that it has its faults. You're definitely not going to show him Batman v Superman or God help you Suicide Squad, (laughs) so
1: (laughs) and Justice League wouldn't make any sense unless you've seen all those other ones.
0: It still kind of doesn't make sense if you have seen those other ones. Um,
1: So I will say I like Aquaman, although once again, like I would say, comparable in just like levels of ridiculousness and like the villain is Ocean Master, and it's fun though the backside it's. It's fun and stupid, and I feel like that might be what DC should angle to go for. Mm. Um, I'm curious, yeah. I'm curious to see what the next couple moves from them look like. I think the James Gunn Suicide Squad, in my mind, seems like it's gonna work. Um,
0: I don't see how it can't work. Like James Gunn is known at this point for like making ragtag groups of somewhat deplorables work on screen like that's his thing now so
1: yeah yeah so I I don't know I I don't think I leave Wonder Woman 1984 like with less hope for DC than I did before I almost feel like they might be discovering like this new brand of kind of ridiculous over-the-top spectacle as opposed to like Zack Snyder dark grungy like serious like I miss my mom yeah, I feel like we've kind of pivoted away from that entirely. So yeah,
0: I you know, The Dark Knight is a great movie, but I really think it kind of just. It, I feel like execs at DC looked at that as a template for other superhero movies, and they just shouldn't have. Like that yeah. that works for a certain character, and even even The Dark Knight Rises is a, is a fairly weak superhero movie. So. I don't know. I I feel bad for DC because I understand how they were just like, oh, well, this works. Let's just use the same formula everywhere. And that's the characters are so different. Like that's not going to work everywhere. Um, So we'll see what they have to do in the future. But are you ready to dig into Wonder Woman 1984?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Oh, boy.
0: Okay, so (laughs) we immediately start off on the island of Themyscira. Uh, with uh, Baby Wonder Woman, or Wonder Girl, I guess.
1: And Good place to start. I'm glad that they went back to this, because this was one of the best parts of the first movie, too.
0: I, see, I agree, but I don't understand
1: why we're here. <laughs> I think that's why I was confused. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the decisions in this movie, I kind of zoomed out and was like, I, I almost understand big picture why they made the decision. But within the context of the movie, the decision makes no sense. Like I feel like, it, I don't know, the the little girl that plays young Diana, it was like a small star in the first movie. And right. I feel like they were like, we want to bring her back. There's really not a tie like back to Themyscira in this movie directly. So they just set up this whole first scene and basically ended it with a lesson that Diana kind of remembers at the end of the movie although not significantly I didn't think
0: so it's it's the <laughs> it's the weakest tie I think they could have possibly done and it's baffling because I agree with you I understand why they wanted to do this I think it was a great way to start the first Wonder Woman and I understand why they wanted to do it here I just it feels like that just should behoove them to give just some inkling of a narrative reason we are back here, especially because they kind of shot themselves in the foot. I thought the whole point of like uh, Baby Wonder Woman in the first movie was that she couldn't like train and be awesome; she had to like hide in secret until she was a teenager. But here she's like being an Olympic athlete, and everything's fine. Yeah. I just don't understand. It's very yeah, strange. They kind
1: of they kind of went back on that. Yeah, there were a couple of things where it was like. I don't know. The continuity was just a little strange. I agree with you there. But I i don't know. I think we were initially trying to figure out what was going on in this scene because they're in a coliseum and it didn't really seem to be like a competition at first. They were all just kind of doing like parkour, gymnastic, like, I, I don't know, feats of strength and agility and just people flipping all over the place. It was entertaining.
0: It was, but you know, it, it reminded me of like uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. How, um, I think it's like the second challenge or whatever is underwater, but they have like yes. this big stadium above. And I was like, no one can yes. see in the water. This is stupid. Exactly. <laughs> and Grace and I looked at each other and were just like... How can anyone be watching anything? <laughs> like no one knows well, what's happening.
1: This is this is before they all leave the stadium <laughs> and go. <laughs> so I so they're, they they kind of like the competitors come out and they start charging forward, go through a jungle gym, and I saw something that the uh, the little girl ended up doing a lot of her own stunts for this. Oh, that's cool. I don't know. She just like looked better doing them than trying to have some like. Stunt performer tried to be a twelve-year-old girl. Um, Fair enough. So I thought that was cool, but um, they like go through a jungle gym, and then uh, at the end they like dive off this cliff on the edge of the stadium. And I'm like, "Where are they going?" <laughs> <laughs> um, but it turns out they're part of this like race. It's like a race competition, and
0: it's like a triathlon. Of people
1: are there to watch it, but they're all in the stadium, and the competitors are no longer in the stadium. I just, can you imagine if you were, like, at a football game, and the players all just, like, ran out of the tunnel and proceeded to play football in the streets. Mm-hmm. And you guys were all just standing in the stadium, like, cheering as, like, the scoreboard slowly ticked up.
0: You know what also reminds me of? Alita Battle Angel, where they're yes. playing that sport, and they just leave the arena, and the announcers are just like, whoa, awesome!
1: <laughs> Instead
0: <laughs> of, like, where are they
1: going? <laughs> I was hoping we could tie this movie to Alita Battle Angel somehow. Uh. And there it is. Oh, gosh. Okay, so, yeah, so they're out running on this, like, horse track through the jungle. They um, shoot arrows into a target to mark their progress. I thought the targets were for, like, points, but apparently you can just skip several targets and it's fine. um, Because Diana's in the lead of beating all of these full-grown women at age 12 and falls off her horse because she wasn't paying attention. And decides to, she conveniently lands next to, like, an irrigation slide of some sort.
0: Oh, that that makes more sense. I didn't know what it was. <laughs>
1: yeah, it just seemed like a shortcut. And so she slides down it, having a great time, gets back on her horse in first, and proceeds to be in the lead for the competition. She's about to throw her final javelin, like, 300 yards, which I don't know how she would have done that. Uh, but then is stopped by uh, Robin Wright's character, whose name I cannot pronounce.
0: Antipany, I think?
1: Yeah, and she's basically like, you cheated, Diana, and my question was, how did you know?
0: Uh, see, that's not it. Yeah, uh, same. I was like, oh, that's not the lesson I got from that. I thought she'd be like, you gotta focus because you missed a target. Like, you need to, like, pay attention and, like, be in the zone. I thought that was gonna be the lesson, not that she cheated. I was like, oh, well, I, I guess, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't so, seem like she did it. Like it's not like she passed the target and was like, "Ha ha ha!" I'm doing this on purpose. It seems like she just didn't know that target was there.
1: But again, how how was anyone in the stadium aware? Yeah, I just I don't know. Maybe they have some technology that I'm unaware of. But that aside, the lesson that we learn is you can't take shortcuts. Um, you have to do things the hard way. No, and. That will maybe pay off later in the movie. Maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> um, so then we cut to present day, or not pre- present day, which in the movie is 1984.
0: Yeah, let's go ahead. Why are we in the 80s, do you think?
1: I, again, I think big picture. I understand that they were like, the first movie was World War I. Before we just get all the way caught up, we might as well have another fun like period romp.
0: Okay. Yeah. Sure.
1: And I like I feel like the either the execs or the director sat down and just picked the '80s <laughs> as like the decade they were going to do it.
0: Yeah, that's fine. I, I knew they couldn't get too modern because I assumed that Wonder Woman was like keeping a low key or whatever. So I was like, well, there probably can't be like it can't be like twenty twenty or whatever where you're. Someone is filming something at every point in time, like yeah, <laughs> that can't be it, so
1: that's fine, yeah. yeah, and I think ultimately it's probably a good decision, one, because if you do a present day movie now, people are like, well, present day is covid I don't know, maybe people wouldn't care about that, but also like yeah. yeah i I think it was a good decision to not immediately jump into like the current like problems of the Justice League because. I'm going to say most of the people that watched this movie did not watch Justice League or did not understand it. I, Maybe I think that's accurate. Category.
0: I think that's accurate.
1: <laughs> so I understand not wanting to, like, get mired and all that. And I wonder if Patty Jenkins will shy away from actually getting involved in that.
0: I uh, I think that's a smart move. I just didn't know why in particular 80s. I, I think it makes sense. Um, and, I mean... It's a fun time period. I'm, I'm, I'm not bashing it or anything.
1: Um, yeah, and... Yeah, it's fine. We can talk about this. I don't know if they utilized it as... I don't know if they utilized it as much as they could. Yeah. And I guess we can get into that. I don't know if this is the direct next scene, but the next, like, large set piece is this mall height... Mall uh, sequence, I guess, where... Mm-hmm. There's some uh goons going into some sort of jewelry store and they're robbing it, but they're like, we don't want the stuff up here, we we'll want the stuff in the back, and there's a secret back room with a bunch of strange looking ancient artifacts, which I don't think most jewelry stores have. Well,
0: um, uh, you haven't seen the back room with the jewelry store here.
1: I that's true. That's true. <laughs> um but as the thieves are trying to get away with their their loot. Uh Wonder Woman shows up and does a lot of lassoing. Uh, she winks at a little girl. Uh,
0: okay, can we talk about the action in this movie? Okay, it's sure. going to sound like I'm very negative on this movie. I promise I'm not. I had a great time watching it. I felt like the action in this movie was kind of just goofy sometimes. Yeah. And, I mean, that's fine, but I... I loved how strong that it uh, that Wonder Woman felt in the first movie like I think like the pinnacle scene is like her like in no man's land like taking that gunfire like awesome like shows all of her strength and her leadership um one of the things that I loved about Man of Steel is that Superman is such a bigger than life strong character I love that like the punches that he threw that he and Zod threw like felt like they had weight to them, and it feels like we just like this is the complete opposite of that. Like there's just so much lassoing and swinging, and it's goofy in a way that isn't as fun, I guess. Um, yeah, I didn't hate it. I just I I, I wanted to see what they're going to do next. But one of the reasons that it's really hard to make a Superman film is that you want to keep things somewhat grounded. And this applies to Wonder Woman as well. You want to keep keep things somewhat grounded, but those characters are so powerful that their enemies, if they aren't as powerful, then it, you have to come up with different ways for them to defeat the bad guy than just straight up punching them. Because if Diana wanted to, she could just punch these guys into oblivion, but that wouldn't be any fun. Which is why in Man of Steel, he's like fighting the other Kryptonians and like we get like some Dragon Ball Z level fighting but here she's fighting humans for the majority of the movie so you have to do different sort of action set pieces but i think in the way that it's displayed sometimes it kind of undermines the strength that the character has
1: yeah i i would agree with that i i mean it definitely doesn't look like she's trying in this first fight if you want to call it that in the mall. um but i do feel like the tone to the action just feels different than the other dc movies yeah, um, one thing I kind of noticed was even like the score, which is still Hans Zimmer doing the score, but I feel like I don't know. There's that like Wonder Woman like riff that came in in Batman vs Superman, and then was featured in when they're crossing No Man's Land and Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. a little guitar like. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> like. Honestly, I think it's great. And, like, gets me, like, ready for, like, some superhero beat-em-up scenes. Um, but... They play it at a couple points in this movie, and it just felt kind of out of place. Like, it didn't really match the action that was going on.
0: Because it's supposed to be something bombastic when she's doing that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I guess, I guess, yeah, I feel like the action never quite reached the levels of that song.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The action didn't deserve that riff.
1: (laughs) No, and like, maybe that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it did feel different, like Mm-hmm. I don't know, the action almost felt like it was more suited to the 80s. Oh, Just kind of like cheesy. And I wonder if any of that was intentional in any way. But Maybe. Especially like the mall, just kind of like, I don't know. Something about the way she looked swinging on the lasso was just kind of like, I don't know, it just felt like campy and cheesy and like. I don't know, and then she like slides the girl into the giant teddy bear and like winks at her, like-hmm, uh, yeah, and there's so many things you like why was she there? Why is she stopping this small crime if like it doesn't affect her in any way at this point? I don't know i I just got very interesting, like tonal. Clues from this scene that I think played out the rest of the movie.
0: Yeah, for me, I think this is somewhat of a deep cut, but I think it's the difference between Legolas like sliding down on a shield and shooting arrows at orcs in The Lord of the Rings, the difference between that, and then him like jumping on falling bricks in the last movie of the Hobbit series, of the Hobbit trilogy, and just being like, okay. No, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like, yeah, the, yeah. there is a tonal shift that kind of makes the rejection of physics not as enjoyable.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's just that this, this movie so jumped my suspension of disbelief that it was just kind of like not even considered, whereas maybe in other movies I'm at least like trying to be like, oh, yeah, like... I'm going to balance out this hero's power against, like, whatever villain they're fighting. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one's just kind of like everything is just out the door, so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so she she saves the day here in the mall, um, and then uh, disappears, and the newspaper headlines are like, Mysterious Woman Saves the Day. Don't know how anyone didn't, like, see her or take a picture of her. I guess she shut off the security cameras with her lasso.
0: Yeah, that's fine. I I think I'm somewhat tired of movies talking about like secret identities and superheroes. I, I didn't need I didn't need Diana to go through that. So I I was fine with them just hand waving that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they do hand wave quite a few things that I'm fun with in this movie. Yeah. Um let's see. So I think this is when we get introduced to Kristen Wick's character.
0: It's so My favorite part about this I was watching this with Grace And she's a big Kristen Wiig fan But she did not know she was in this movie She was like what the heck is Kristen Wiig doing here and I think I read somewhere a while ago That Patty Jenkins like specifically really wanted Kristen Wiig for this role Which really piqued my curiosity Because I was like getting a very well known comedian For a like the villain in a superhero movie sounds super interesting. And then the way they took the character could not have been more stereotypical.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's completely fair. Yeah. So, so she kind of shows up as this like awkward, um, archeological assistant person. Mm -hmm. I, I don't exactly know what her job is, but she works in the same office as, uh, Diana. And they kind of, like, bump into each other. She, like, drops her papers. She's supposed to be really awkward, but I don't know. I don't know if, like, I understood that she was being awkward, but something about Kristen Wiig, like, you always kind of feel like she's in an SNL sketch. (laughs) And so it's, I don't know, it's hard to assign, like, real, like, actual emotional, like, and it's not, I don't think it's her fault at all. Like, I think she did a pretty good job in this movie with the character she was given. Um, But I don't know. So she's she's awkward, and later in the movie she kind of transitions into this, like, confident, like, as she's gaining Diana's powers, which I'm just jumping ahead several things. But I don't know. I just didn't, the, the shift between this first character and, like, the later character wasn't as, like, stark for me.
0: Yeah, I don't think we spent enough time developing this character in a way that matters. Like, so, uh, and we'll we'll go back, but uh, when her and Diana go and have dinner, oh man, probably one of the worst cuts in this movie is when they cut to them eating. It cuts immediately to Diana laughing and being like, man, you're so funny and personable. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Why would you not just show us that? Like, why would we not have them conversing? Because it is very well established, pretty, uh, um, um, heavy-handedly, that Diana is somewhat lonely. Like she goes to a restaurant, is sitting alone, and it's kind of sad. But then the movie has to have a waiter come up and be like, "Are you dining alone, ma'am?" It's like I, I, I think we got it. Like we, I don't yeah. think we needed that. So I think it would have really benefited if we would have shown them like bonding over something. But it just cuts to them, and suddenly their friends was like, "Why couldn't you just write some dialogue,
1: uh. some funny jokes?" Yeah, because like. Pretty sure that Kristen Wiig is funny. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, like, I think the audience probably all knows that. So, yeah, even if you do a few scenes, like, I think the point's going to get across, like, she's a funny, personable character, like, underneath all the awkwardness. I feel like they had a harder time showing the awkwardness. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I had forgotten about the, that dinner scene. That was kind of an awkward scene of, like, we're friends now.
0: It made me feel like Gal Gadot and Kristen Wiig didn't get along or something.
1: Because <laughs> I, I was like, what
0: is happening here? Why would you not just riff with Kristen Wiig for a little bit? Like, you've got this comedic treasure. I, I It's baffling that you wouldn't use her in, like, a comedic sense.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And, I yeah, I guess I we don't really see their chemistry that much in the movie. Um. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. I hadn't I hadn't thought of it that way. Um Yeah, so these two are like kinda friends now. Uh Diana like saves her from a drunken guy on the street later. Yeah. Um and kinda like shows her powers to her, but I'm not sure to what extent uh, Barbara picked up on those I don't think um, she knew. Yeah, probably not. So, okay, at this point, we've got to introduce the Dreamstone. Ah, yes. Which is one of the most silly plot devices in a movie I've seen. I just did not like this at all. It's, I don't know, it's just a genie rock (laughs) where if you touch it and you wish for something, it comes true, but you only get one wish. Um, That's the big catch.
0: I think this could have worked. I'm not as against it. I just think that it, it went too big. <laughs> it, it went too big to a point it that I was like, oh, come on. It was immediately big. Yes. Yeah, it yes it, it
1: went very big. But it went, actually, no. It started very small where the like lab assistant comes over, for some reason, grabs the stone and says, which I had coffee. And then a coffee shows up. I, I actually like that scene a lot because I think it was a nice, like,
0: the mo- like we're not going to be fooled. We know that this is regal. Like, we're in a world with Wonder Woman. We know magic exists. That's fine. But I liked how they kind of inserted the I thought that was fun. I thought later on when Max Warlord, like, wishes he was a stone, I thought that was a unique way to, like, kind of subvert the expectations. There were moments, I didn't hate the stone at face value. There were parts that I, I that I liked. It just went too big. <laughs>
1: okay. I agree but I also just did not like the stone.
0: I I that's fine. I get that.
1: <laughs> I just yeah, I I don't know. There's there's some things in this movie where I feel like I don't know they and this is honestly a problem with a lot of superhero sequels is they they put all the chips on the board first and then they find a way to connect them all. Mm. And I feel like it, I don't know to me this movie started with like we're gonna do Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. It's gonna be in this period, and then it was like, okay, Patty Jenkins really wants Kristen Wiig as the cheetah, so we're gonna get her in there somehow. And then it was like, well, that can't be the main conflict, so we gotta get this other villain, insert Pedro Pascal. And then it's like, how are these all connected? And we write this thing. I I just feel like this Dreamstone was one of the last like connecting things of the plot. I don't think they started with like. Let's make a movie about the Dreamstone story.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I That that's interesting. I I see where you're coming from, and I, I Don't get me wrong, I don't think it was executed the best, but there are moments that I appreciated the take on it. Um
1: okay. I, and the other thing I'll say is I think it I think it serves as a way for them to um insert chris pine into this movie this is we're gonna we're gonna get to this very shortly
0: yeah i'll hold my okay i'll I'll be quiet then
1: (laughs) but that i i i guess that's maybe one of the leading things is i feel like they also were like well we got to get chris pine in here somehow and
0: yeah oh man now that you're saying it like this it really does feel like they just wrote from the wrong place. <laughs>
1: yeah. I just think it's a different order, and I don't know if that's just like Patty Jenkins' approaches she kind of started with I don't know, but we've we've seen this in other movies before. Like, I don't know, the last Spider Man movie in any of the Spider Man series is just like overbloated with villains and like weird plot devices and I don't know, they just go too far. And I almost feel like they didn't quite go too far with this movie, but they they really try to
0: Okay, we'll get to the very end. <laughs> okay, okay.
1: Yeah, we're we're getting there. We're getting there. We're inching our way along. So uh let's see, so so Barbara goes back. They had this stone that was recovered from the mall in the first scene. It's now at this archaeological Institute of the Smithsonian or whatever it is. Um is this where she wishes that she was more like Diana? I think yes, it is. yes. And she doesn't have to wish that, like she's specifically Wonder Woman, but she basically is going to get those powers to some degree.
0: Yeah, and I thought that was fine. I I like that it. I felt like the wording was vague enough that I was like, okay, that's fine, because I don't even think yeah. Diana like actually wishes for. Uh, Chris Pine to come back yes I think and it was think just an internal maybe thing.
1: that happened earlier yeah but I think I think what it was is she was holding it and they were like what would you wish for, for Diana and she like right. kind of thinks of him and she's like I know what I would wish for while thinking about it and that's enough and then we see the watch like shake on the mantelpiece, piece yeah. yeah okay so <laughs> um, we've got to we've got to introduce Pedro Pascal real quick um, who is this like TV personality, sleazy businessman? I, I've seen a lot of stuff online of people trying to push the Trump narrative on this. I don't, really I don't want to get talk that. about that. I I didn't see that in the movie. I don't the, see it when at I all. watched it. And I like found an interview of Patty Jenkins being like, "Well, he was somewhat of an inspiration for like." based on, like, 80s businessman Trump, who wanted to sell you, like, Trump steaks or whatever, but not as, like, the current, like, president iteration. So I I feel like that's a stretch. I actually feel like this movie was trying to not be too, like, political and trying to use the 80s as kind of an escape to mm-hmm. get away from that. Um,
0: yeah, I it, I didn't see Trump in this at all. I, it seemed like a stereotypical, like, swarmy businessman
1: which there are more of than Trump. Right, yeah,
0: <laughs> like, I was like, he does not own a monopoly on a swarmy <laughs> businessman.
1: <laughs> yes. yes, he just has yeah, don't, don't want to go there. Um, but yeah he's he's kind of this like businessman in the oil industry that has TV commercials of like join my oil trust. Um, just seems like not a solid business model. His office is empty. Um, yeah, but so his his big play is he was the one who was trying to get a hold of this stone um, because he knew of its powers to grant wishes, and he was going to use it to gain a control over the oil industry and make lots of money. Yes.
0: I straight up love pa- pa- Pedro Pascal's character here, uh, mainly because I just like Pedro Pascal, and he's really seeming to have a, a blow-up. Um,
1: yeah, I he's like this character
0: here. He provided a very fun energy. I felt
1: <laughs> he definitely had a lot of energy, and especially in some of these first scenes where he's like coming into the Smithsonian, mm-hmm. and he's kind of like introducing himself to the characters, and he keeps doing the little like is TV good" thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like be holding out his hand. Yeah, and he's just like he is hamming it up. In I don't know. I feel like we've seen a lot of superhero movie villains like ham it up in their own way. And they don't all work. This mm-hmm. one did work for me.
0: Same. I, I see how it doesn't for some people. And I was like, maybe I'm just biased because I'm digging Pedro Pascal right now. But I really liked it.
1: Yeah, it was it was a lot. And especially <laughs> like at the end of the movie, it's just like he is like, okay. screaming and going hard. But we haven't yeah. got there yet.
0: Yeah, we haven't got there yet. I'm really digging his character right now at this moment in
1: the movie. Okay, 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 fair. Fair, fair, fair um yeah so he he's trying to get his hands on the stone um he kind of starts this little relationship with Kristen and Wig where they're kind of flirting and going back and forth um there's a party later and they take it back to his office and he's really there to try to get his hands on the stone um somehow he leaves with it not entirely clear how this happens and there's a whole scene of him like positioning her in the room so that he can reach behind her and grab it and he holds it behind his back and then like the next then we scene, cut away yeah and then the next scene Kristen Wigg is like oh yeah he went home with it like she knows that he did so i don't know why he was sneaking
0: i don't think that, i don't i think she realized later it was gone and she just said that to like cover herself cover herself maybe but there's no way he got out of that room unnoticed
1: <laughs> yeah no way yeah, for sure for sure not um yeah so he he ultimately gets the stone and ends up wishing well he does a lot of wishing but he initially wishes he basically wishes to be the genie right
0: yeah which yeah i thought i thought that was smart to just do immediately usually i mean if we're talking about like aladdin that was like the
1: result at the very end so. Yeah, that's like the big reveal but he's just like I wish to be the genie basically. He wishes yeah, to be Yeah, which surprised me. I was stone. like, "Oh, okay, cool." <laughs> yes. And so now he is able to grant wishes to anyone who touches him. Yes. Um okay, so we we've, we've taken care of him. We've got to introduce Chris Pond now. So <laughs> Wonder Woman's wish <laughs> was that her true love, Steve Trevor, um would still be with her, and the way that the movie decides to do this
0: it's truly the worst decision <laughs> from a filmmaking perspective so that I this, have w- witnessed in quite a while
1: and this is this is where how we talked to, at the beginning about like having people in the room to talk with this was perfect for this moment,
0: absolutely so
1: uh, Diana's at this party. Um, that Pedro Pascal is throwing because he's donated to the museum or whatever. And she's kind of walking around. And I was kind of like, she couldn't possibly just walk around at this party without having anyone talk to her just because she's like Gal Gadot. And <laughs> I, I don't know. She stands out in the crowd. <laughs> that's that's fair. So they, they did honor that and had some random guy from the office come up and be like, hey, what's going on? Like, and she's just kind of shuts him down it's like no i'm not in the mood um she goes to another room and there's another guy that starts talking to her and she's about to turn him off and then he's like he he quotes chris pine from the end of the first movie i forget what he says um but it's some quote that like diana remembers him saying from the first movie and she's like steve and we do this slow pan around his face, because it's just some random guy. We do this slow pan behind her head, and when we come around the other side, his face is now Chris Pine. And what, okay, what's going through your mind at this point when you are watching the movie at home?
0: (laughs) So, uh, So, Grace turned to me, and she was like, wait, is that Chris Pine? And I looked at her incredulously, and I was like, That dude's a good looking man, but Chris Pine is a gorgeous individual. That is not Chris Pine. She was like, I guess. I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) And I was like, I don't know what's happening, but that's clearly not Chris Pine. (laughs) She was like, but (laughs) he's like saying things from the old movie. And then when the camera fanned around, I thought that I was being gaslit for a second. I was like, wait, was that Chris Pine?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Rewind. Go back.
0: No, we did rewind, because I was like, what is happening? did rewind?
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Well, okay, so what was happening, because it still makes no sense.
0: Uh, He he is a man, and then the camera, like, turns around a couple times, and suddenly it's Chris Pine, and it really makes no sense.
1: It doesn't. So, the movie explains it as Chris Pine's soul was basically summoned into this body and we're not going to have a whole lot of time to talk about Soul the movie. But there's some parallels here. <laughs> um, so he entered the body of this random man. And he's now just, like, inhabiting this random guy's body. And so I'm not clear. Does, so do you think that Diana sees him as Chris Pine? Because she kind of says something like, oh, I, I see you, Steve, or something like that. Where it's like, I don't know if like, in her mind she's just kind of like auto-correcting his face to look more like him. Or oh, if it's literally just the movie being like, just so you guys don't confu- get confused, and so that you get to enjoy the delights that are Chris Pine, we're just going to show him this way.
0: To reconcile it in my head, I was like, I just have to... I, I am just going to say for me that she sees Chris Pine for simplicity. Now, the much simpler thing would have just been he appears. I cannot yeah, because, fathom why they chose to reincarnate him in a person's body. So many questions.
1: We've already established that there's like magic in the world and that there's a rock that's granting wishes. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know why we have to, like, try to do this weird, like, reincarnation in another, like, person's body. And, like, what was the point of showing the watch shaking?
0: Like, <laughs> I guess if we were really stupid and didn't understand that Chris Pine was no, coming back.
1: <laughs> no, but did the watch have anything to do with him returning
0: no no that was simply because for the that, audience to be like if you didn't get it huh? hey huh? even though all they I had almost, to do was wait 20 minutes
1: <laughs> i almost would have rather seen some like disney fairy tale like the watch rattles and then picks up off the, on the shelf and like chris pine's body grows forth from the watch and he's like back
0: Anything would have been better than the spirit of Chris Pine inhabiting a person on Earth. Like, a a person who has a life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like, what happened to that guy during the (laughs) events of this movie? I don't know. I don't know. So strange.
0: How did no one say that this is the wrong way to do this?
1: (laughs) Again, I, I don't think that they focused on the methods, it was more, they were like, Chris Pine is going to be in this movie. Like, write whatever you have to to get him in there.
0: But wouldn't it have been simpler to be like, yeah, he just appears. That is
1: the simplest cut and dry way. I I guess. I guess. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Oh, it's baffling.
1: (laughs) Hilarious, but baffling. this This was definitely one of the strangest things in the movie. Um. Yeah. So now Chris Pine's back, and we're just gonna watch him as Chris Pine for now on, and that is the guy that he actually looks like. Um. And the the Chris Pine scenes were fun. Like it was fun having him in this movie. He comes in and he's like confused because he's from the twenties and it's now the eighties, mm-hmm. and he tries on little outfits. Which is yeah, nice there's... because
0: like Gal Gadot did that in the first movie, like changing the different uh, um, outfits and stuff. So it's fun to like get the reversal on it. Everybody adores Chris Pine. I understand why they wanted him here. Yeah. The way they I went did. about <laughs> it is just yes. upsetting. Yes, we
1: are in complete agreement there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he he's kind of like suited up to go out in the world... I really like they like walk past like a breakdancer and he gets all like defensive because he thinks they're like attacking him or something. Mm-hmm. I, Chris Pine's acting is great. He goes to the uh, Air and Space Museum because they're in DC. Yeah, and he's just like I don't know. Can't believe it. Can't believe astronauts and all the airplanes and things. Yeah, this it, it was just really fun. It's it's fun having him there, even though.
0: He absolutely shouldn't be. <laughs> he absolutely
1: should not be there. And if he appears in another Wonder Woman movie, I don't know what I'll do. Probably nothing.
0: See, that's the sad part. Like they have to know that they cannot have him back for the third one, which is a shame because I love their chemistry and I think it works.
1: Yeah, yeah. and they they know it works. That's why he's here. Yeah. Um. Okay, so they're they're buddies now. They're back together again. Um. You've got Pedro Pascal starting to grant wishes of people in the oil industry to get himself power. I actually don't remember the exact sequence of events here. I guess I could look through the plot. But is there anything kind of on this, like, rising action piece that you want to call out?
0: Uh, I mean, besides the fact that uh, Pedro Pascal has a son. um, Alistair. Yeah, so I thought the whole, like, the thing that the stone was going to take from him was his, either the son, which I was like, no, that's very dark. Very, very or, dark, yes. Or like the relationship with his son. But then it starts to deteriorate his health, and I'm like, I guess he called for vitamins a couple times, but I don't see health being the thing he wants to be the yeah. most dear. Um, so
1: it, it took quite a bit of the movie for me to put together this, like... Um, the stone grants a wish, but it also takes something away. And so for Pedro Pascal, he can he becomes the stone, but he's also losing his health. So he's on this, like, mad rampage to do as much as he can before he dies, I guess? Or <laughs> I has guess. the power taken away? Yeah. Um. For Diana, it's that she is losing her powers because she has brought Steve back to life. Which... I did not put together. I thought she was losing her powers because Barbara was taking them away from her.
0: It is fuzzy, but it it takes a while for Wonder Woman to even Wonder Woman for a while. So, by the time like she is like in Egypt, like I don't think anyone is thinking, "Oh, she's going to be weaker this time." Because it's been such a long time since we've seen her fight, and she only fought like four goons in the mall. I was like, "Oh, maybe they're just getting the best of her." I don't know. Um so yeah. I, I think that is the next thing that happens is they go to investigate Maxwell Lord um, because they take, they I won't say they take their sweet time, but they take a little bit of time just hanging out. Um, yeah, and I get that because we want Steve to have some fun scenes. Um,
1: yeah, so they, to get there, Max Lord has gone to Egypt to kind of like be at the center of like the oil business and get all these like oil lords um, to give him their wishes. Um this is where uh what's his name? Steve Trevor decides that they well, I guess Diane is the one that decides they should take a jet to get there.
0: Yes, because Steve doesn't have a passport. Which I thought was gonna be like, oh well I guess he's inhabiting this other body, so he'll just use the other body's passport, which does not happen.
1: <laughs> and so many like small hurdles. <laughs> <laughs> why um uh, i mean ag- again all of that reasoning is because they wanted to get the invisible jet in this movie which
0: i'm, I'm fine with honestly i thought it was fun like
1: <laughs> i'm fine with the the end goal of like one of wonder woman's trademarks is the invisible jet Right. Don't agree with any of the way they got there. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't agree that Steve Trevor would be able to go through a lot of modern airplanes and be like the fighter jet and hop in and just be able to pilot it perfectly. I agree. I don't buy that.
0: I agree, but I, I thought it was fun that we got the invisible jet.
1: <laughs> it was fun. Again, the invisible <laughs> sure. The means to get there, not so much. I don't understand the obscuring magic that Diana summons when she's just sitting there. Oh, yeah, you want? I guess maybe that's how she makes her jet invisible in the comics anyway. Maybe. She's just like, let me try something. And she kind of like puts her hands together and then suddenly they're invisible.
0: She said she had been like working on it since like Themyscira is like obscured the same way. And I was like, have you been back to Themyscira? Which I guess she has because she got the armor. (laughs)
1: sure sure whatever I I don't agree that your first time flying a fighter jet you would be like let's go fly directly through all these fireworks
0: it was a pretty scene though
1: but it was. The end result was great. I don't agree with the reasoning or the logic <laughs> that got us to this point.
0: But, like, I yeah, it was fun just to see Diane and Steve, like, have a cute moment. Like, all the lights of them looking
1: at... <laughs> DJ, I agree. I agree it was. <laughs> but it is was, super it was dumb. <laughs> yes. And, like, he's got his quote about, like, how great flying is, mm-hmm. which comes back later. Um, and we just get to see Steve Trevor just absorbing life and all that it is, which is great. Mm -hmm. So, we fly to Egypt. Um, Max Lord's starting to just grant wishes left and right. Um, We can kind of fast forward to there's like a street chase with a bunch of tanks and armored cars, um, which is where we finally get some more action. Um, And we kind of see Diana's powers starting to fail. Like, she can't quite just throw cars around the way she normally can. She kind of starts getting crushed between two cars, which is unusual. I think she, I don't know, gets hit by something at some point. Uh, But it's clear that she's not, like, at her full abilities. Right.
0: And it had Um, been some significant time in the movie since we had seen Wonder Woman Wonder Woman, so I was excited for an action scene. um It feels so weird to me that we went to Egypt, like I know he's an oil guy, but it felt so strange that we had to have this whole thing about them going to Egypt and coming back
1: and it was a- It felt like a very brief trip too
0: right, and I was like, that's not like a hop skip and a jump like that's a journey <laughs> like would well, fighter jet even make it
1: that far? <laughs> <laughs> don't ask these questions, DJ, because <laughs> you and I both know the answer to that question. <laughs> um, okay, okay, so, so we have that scene where, I don't know, this is kind of just the testing of powers. Um, Diana's weakening. She saves some children in the end. (laughs) Kind
0: of. (laughs) Those kids are dead.
1: (laughs) Why were, how did they not hear, like, seven tanks coming down the street?
0: I know that they needed a reason for Diana to stop pursuit.
1: The kids, like, I mean,
0: (laughs) they had to have known.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because it's not like they were in, like, a densely populated urban area. No. They were out in the middle of the desert. There's one building in the desert (laughs) on this one road, and in the one building live kids who like to play on the street, so. She saves the kids, which is great. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but now we know, like, uh, Max Lord is uh, still out there. He's still gaining wish powers. Um, Yeah, I don't... I don't know. I don't really understand why she's, like, intimidated. Or, like, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me that she couldn't just defeat him here, even with her lowered powers. But um, she goes back to, like, her little base closet thing at home. And we hear about this legendary armor that was used by some great Amazon warrior of the past.
0: Was this armor here just for the poster?
1: The poster and also to get, um, what's her name? Uh, oh gosh, gotta look it up. Linda Carter into the movie, because Linda Carter played the original Wonder Woman in like a 1970s television series. You know what? That
0: that's fun. I, I'm glad they're making that connection. I think that's nice.
1: <laughs> Again, in end result sure, the means to get there: of this legendary armor and making up some silly story about how there is some uh, Amazon warrior who like defeated people with these golden wings. Kinda silly. And honestly I think the armor looks kinda silly, but
0: It I mean when she like shrugs off the wings in the trailer, it's a cool moment.
1: When she takes off the armor, it's cool. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. So, um, yeah, we're doing that. We've got uh, Barbara is getting more and more um, ferocious.
0: We have this. I, I this movie is so heavy handed at times. We have the scene of her like opening the fridge and it like comes off his hinges, but then to really reemphasize how strong she's becoming we go to the gym for some reason and she's like starts playing Oh my with her gosh! Weight. It's like 2 minutes but I was like did we need this? Like I think we understood she was yeah. getting stronger.
1: I think this scene was to get Kristen Wiig to wear like a 1980s workout outfit and just to get some of the like styles going.
0: Okay. And I mean it's not a long distraction so it's fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Um Our characters go to some, like, conspiracy theory guy.
0: This scene is wild.
1: He has some connection to the Mayans.
0: Yeah, because this is a
1: a Mayan guy or something? Well, I think the stone was Mayan.
0: Ah, and that led to their destruction.
1: I, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, oh, civilizations keep disappearing because of the stone. And somehow they conclude that this is the god of lies, whose name is... Dolos, uh, according to the Wikipedia page. Which I was, I
0: when they said that, I was like, are they about to throw Loki in, like the, the god of mischief?
1: Well, so I thought that all the gods connected to her were gonna be, like, Greek gods.
0: Same, because she literally fought Ares last movie, and yeah. is apparently, like, created by Zeus.
1: Yeah, so I would've expected us to get a character from the game Hades that you and I are currently playing all the time. Right. But I don't know what Dolos is. The link on the Wikipedia page goes to some guy called the Duke of Deception. That's a DC Comics character oh. from, from like way back when. So yeah. it's some sort of tie to an actual comic character. Okay, I thought it was. But, a, yeah, hmm. but I did not follow this at all, and it turns out to not be important to anything <laughs> in the movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So now that they know. Somehow they piece together that, like, the stone's also taking something away, and so Wonder Woman discovers that she's, the thing that she's losing <laughs> is her powers, and she's gonna have to renounce her wish in order to get them back, in order to defeat the villain.
0: Yeah, so her and Steve fight about it, because, of course, they do. Um They are still unaware that Barbara has made a wish, which... I thought it was interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, because she's, like, with them has a completely different style. And is, like, much stronger.
0: I guess they have their own thing going on, though. Like, I guess. Steve is just now living for the first time in, like, yeah. years. So yeah. I, I can
1: forgive it. Okay. Um, okay. The next strange thing. So, So Max Lord decides to... Well, okay, so he has this scene with his son, right, where he's trying to tell his son that he's, like, doing all these great things for him, and the son's like, Dad, I just want to spend time with you. And he's like, oh, like, wish for, like, something that's not bad. (laughs) Right. And there's, like, a weird thing here where the son kind of, like, touches him, and he says, I wish that... What does he say? He says, like, I wish that you would be great, or something like that.
0: Something like that, yeah.
1: So then that increases Max's drive to become great?
0: I think so. It's somewhat unclear.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't really sure what happened here, but after this scene, he's kind of even more, like, rabid in his desire to grant wishes and to gain power. So Um,
0: he somehow ends up in front of the president, (laughs) um...
1: Was yeah, I don't know how he got here. Same, well, so,
0: was it Reagan at the time?
1: I forget. He would have been. Okay. But there's something here where he has somehow changed the president somehow. Right? What? There is some weird thing right when he goes into the president's office where... I don't know. There's something weird. Like, this is a president from, like... I don't know. My, my brother was... Had some weird theory if it was a president from another dimension. And what I was, is? Like, I what are you know. talking about? <laughs> just, just ignore this part. Okay. Ignore this part. <laughs> Um But I think I thought the president been... was
0: just reacting to being like, "Oh, I had a meeting, but it suddenly got canceled, and now here you are," because that's how the that's, magic happened.
1: That's probably. I think he was like
0: happened. replaced by a different president. What's so, happening over there? After,
1: after. <laughs> After, again, one of the wonders of watching the movie with your family. After the movie, my brother starts going on some, like, five-minute-long rant about how the president was a president from, like, another dimension, and I did not follow any of it. I don't know so what he's talking about. This scene confused me greatly at that point. So I did, like, Google some things, and I saw something where Patty Jenkins said that they tried to go out of their way to make sure that people didn't think that it actually was Reagan. Because then it just would have been some, like, political, uh, political like, thing, yeah. Thing, which I appreciated. Same. Um, Because no matter how you did it, there were going to be people that were upset if you tried to do a real president. True. Um, yeah, but the, the president kind of gives over his power and makes Max the president.
0: And gives him like presidential status, I guess. Well, then... I
1: guess the the president wished for nukes to be like more intimidating, basically, to have more nukes closer to their enemies. right And the thing, the thing that the stone, which is Max, took away from him was his presidency. Which I don't know how that works. I don't know how like all the people of the government would just acknowledge him as the president. Magic, I, sure. <laughs> Uh, But,
0: Um. see, the thing is, sometimes there's this old adage about films, you can get audiences to believe the impossible, but not the improbable. So I was fine with him like being having the powers of the president what i wasn't fine with is him turning around and him seeing the very plot device he needs to reach everybody it's
1: like it's like
0: on a a powerpoint display or something i was like okay come on you didn't have to search for it it's just in the room
1: yeah in the back of the room there are these like poster boards that show like a new satellite system and the president's like yeah it'll be able to touch everyone in the world And Pedro Pascal looks at him and he's like, did you say touch? Because he has to touch people. And apparently TV is just as good as a physical touch. And that's what we've learned from COVID-19 days. Yeah. I didn't understand this at all. That somehow if he broadcasts himself on TV and people wish it's the same as if people were physically touching him.
0: See, again, I'm fine with that. It's just that that information was so readily available that bothers me. Okay.
1: Okay. That's also fair. It was it was absurd. Oh my. Okay, so so he's got his his means to grant everyone's wishes, which is to broadcast himself all over the world. Um and this is Starting to set up for a final battle scene. Have we missed anything? I feel like we've missed things.
0: I don't think so. I think we've been in this pretty oh, thoroughly. There's,
1: there's, a, there's a fight in the White House. Cause oh, right Diana, right, Diana and Steve have come. And they're trying to like fight the guards without killing anyone. Then, Steve
0: goes to grab a sword and Diana gets mad at him.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then Steve handcuffs himself to Max so that he can't, like, get away or grant other people's wishes. I heard mm-hmm. someone ask, why didn't Steve just touch him and wish that he wasn't the stone anymore? I'll let you puzzle over that <laughs> Yeah, I've got nothing for you. <laughs> um, Barbara shows up to defend Max because it, she has learned that if Max loses his powers, if they destroy the stone then she will lose her newfound confidence in the powers. Um, And she likes it, so she doesn't want to get rid of it. So she's willing to, like, break into the White House (laughs) to defend him. Seems kind of crazy. Yeah. But there's a little little fight scene, and it is pretty clear that she is stronger than Wonder Woman at this point, which is troubling. Um, They've got kind of a long shot of Wonder Woman just, like, slumped in a heap on the ground with, like, a bullet graze on her shoulder and she is not looking great
0: yeah i i wish i would have bought the whole uh Kristen wig losing her humanity thing more because i think that could have worked
1: yeah but so that's what they they are going with is that in order to gain her powers barbara is the thing she's losing is her humanity but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I agree. I don't think they really earned that.
0: Yeah, I was like, I see why you're saying this, and I see you wanting me to buy in. I'm just not yeah. there yet.
1: Yeah. Um. Okay. So so Diana retreats. She goes and gets her her golden Mysteria armor.
0: Oh she... no! Hold on. <laughs> so <laughs> this is when she has to say goodbye to Steve. Oh, she does. And because there's chaos in the streets. For some reason, I guess because of the wishes people have been uh, getting randomly. So she says goodbye to Steve. It's very sad because I do like them together. It is sad. Um, And then she like starts to run through the streets and whips her lasso so incredibly far. (laughs) Into like a building and then just takes off in the sky. And then she flies around for a bit. Um, yeah,
1: she learns how to fly.
0: And I thought she was, like, flying to somewhere. But then she flies home to get the armor. I was like, hold on. <laughs> you were flying for a good, like, 15 minutes. I thought you were going somewhere.
1: She's flying for fun. This is a recreational fly.
0: I also couldn't tell if she was actually flying or falling with style.
1: That's true. That's true. Because, yeah. Yeah, because later she has to actually last some things to move around. But... I'm not entirely sure what Wonder Woman's powers are, so I don't know if she actually can just, like, fly. Because there were times, like, even at the end of the first movie, she, like, jumped out of some building, like, straight into the screen. And that was, like, the end of the movie. And it really seems like she's flying. But I don't know. So she she's kind of, like, floating around in the clouds and reflects on her, her great times with Steve in the fireworks scene. She goes home and gets the armor, preparing for her final battle. Um, then she lassoes some lightning bolts, which was interesting. um i It was kind of a fun visual, like felt Man. very like cheesy comic booky.
0: I but- felt betrayed because I saw this in the trailer, and I got so hyped. I was like, "She's lassoing lightning. That's amazing. And then here I was like, "Hold up, but you can fly now."
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's still cool. It's still cool.
1: <laughs> maybe less cool. You'd rather her only be able to transport by lightning bolt. That it just feels like that would limit her to storms.
0: True. So when I saw this trailer, I thought that it was I thought that it would involve the gods, and I was like, oh, maybe she's like getting a favor from Zeus or something. And he's like giving oh, her a way to like get somewhere. I was getting incredibly hyped for this movie. That's not what happened. She just happened to lasso some lightning.
1: Because <laughs> it was a cool scene.
0: Yeah, it was a cool scene.
1: Yes, and I also love the purpose of this storm, which was apparently to make this final battle scene so dark because the CGI was so bad that they did not want anyone to see anything that was happening.
0: Okay, so I've seen dozens of headlines in the past couple weeks talking about how Patty Jenkins is apparently extremely sore that studio execs took the ending of wonder woman in a different direction than she would have liked and hey if you're slapping your name on something as a director and some outside audiences are coming in and telling you you have to do it a certain way i understand being upset about that especially when that is universally the most criticized part of the of wonder woman the final battle (laughs) This whole ending ain't much better. <laughs> like I can't see anything. I don't know what's going
1: on. Nope. It's uh, it felt very and in line I with
0: dark th- DC, CGI, and It did.
1: It did. It, this was the same, and this is where they kinda started to bring in the Wonder Woman theme. And it was it just felt like I don't know, Patty Jenkins had this movie going and then someone was like, "Wow, well, we just we gotta we gotta get some DC in here. And so they bring in the clouds. They bring in the, the weird CGI villain. They bring in the theme song, and we've got movie magic. This, yeah, this just did not, did not do anything for me.
0: It's it's um. sad because first of all, we don't really get a great shot of Cheetah in all her glory. Um, which
1: makes me think that we should like i, I just no, don't no, think, yeah right i like we kind of get it like after the battle we get a better shot of like cheetah but and i, I was like looks, it just looks yeah it just looks like i, I don't know i mean if you're going to do cheetah i guess this has to happen at some point and i guess we missed talking about at some point uh kristen Wig got somehow like a second wish from max lord and she wished to be like an alpha predator which yeah. is a really strange thing to wish for.
0: It's very specific, and I think her occupation is being a zoologist, so maybe that kind of lines up. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I yeah, there was, It just felt like there was a disconnect between like I don't know, Barbara losing her humanity as this like character, and then suddenly she's like an animal villain with like a health bar.
0: <laughs> well, I guess that's how she. Entirely lost her humanity. Um, oh yeah. man, this indestructible armor that immediately crumbles.
1: Yeah. The, <laughs> so the armor, the armor doesn't do much. It falls apart. There's like five minutes of just we're inside the armor watching it get battered from the outside. Um. But luckily, they're near power lines. Um Man, DJ, this movie touches on both of our professions. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Cheetah starts swinging around on a power line, which I don't think would work quite that well. No. Um, so there's some sort of, like, weird swinging around, and, I don't know, Diana comes out and kicks her off, and they fall in the water, and they're wrestling, and then the power line falls in the water, and electrocutes, uh, Cheetah.
0: But not Diana? Wasn't she but in the water?
1: I thought she, like, jumped out at the last minute. Maybe she was in the water, but she's like somehow immune to it. I I don't know. None of this battle made any sense.
0: The thing I wanna know though is like is this was this more studio interference, or was this the original design? <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know if it really matters. Like I I just I don't know. This has been such a problem with so many superhero movies is We get to the final few minutes of the movie, the lights dim, we have some crazy battle that we can see only bits and pieces of, our hero comes out on top, and we're supposed to just accept it. I don't know, I'm trying to think of the last, like, boss battle at the end of the movie that I was like, oh yeah, that was like one of my favorite parts of the movie. I'm sure there is some. I'm just struggling to think of any.
0: Yeah, and I I do think it's a tough needle to thread, right? Because it is a superhero movie, and I think at least a small part of everyone going into this movie wants to be like, I want to see the hero punch somebody. <laughs> like, I think that yeah. that is inherent. And it's easiest to do that with, like, CGI dummies and stuff, but... I, I, I think it's a tough job. I don't think this does it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I do see what you're saying now. I feel like this movie, more than most, feels like Patty Jenkins was trying to avoid that. And just kind of, the movie kind of gets dragged into it. Like, it just doesn't feel like where the story was going. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it's like, it's boss battle time. Um. So I don't know. I don't know if she deserves credit for that or what. Um I saw something where she was like, I hope people like realize that the, like this movie's different because there's we don't like kill a villain at the end of it. Like most movies you have to like kill the villain. Like no one dies. Like the villains are kinda like healed at the end of this, which is interesting and we'll talk about next Lord's ending here, but I don't know. I feel like she was trying to do something different, but this this scene just brought it back to like the same old thing we've been complaining about with DC movies forever.
0: Right. That's that's why I'm just like curious, like how this came to be, because it seems yeah. like Patty Jenkins definitely like is aware of like the missteps that DC gets into. So I, I feel for her if it was like complete studio interference on the first one. I was just like, but did they do that again? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but. Like you're saying, I yeah. think that more of her focus is on Maxwell Lord and how his character wa- wraps up, which, I'm sorry, but it's pretty lame. <laughs> like, I-, I get that yeah. we don't want, that we want something, it feels like it's trying to be more nuanced, and I just, I don't think they really sell the relationship between him and his son enough for me to be like, okay, I I, I see that happening. Um, okay,
1: yeah, that's true. Yeah. So just to kind of kind of cover it, we've Diana battled past Cheetah to get to the recording studio where Max is broadcasting himself to the world, telling everyone to just like reach out and wish for whatever. So all these crazy wishes are coming true. He goes and like stands in some projector beam, uh, which I'm not sure what it's doing. Uh, he's just like getting the like power of the wishes more directly somehow Mm -hmm. so i'm not entirely sure what's happening here and i'm not entirely sure what his like plan was that like if he grants everyone's wishes then he's free or something
0: i think that he was like taking their life force or something i think that's what the movie was trying to interpret is the more wishes he grants the more he's able to like adjust his own life force since he was deteriorating deteriorating okay. because i i can't think of any other reason he would be doing this
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it it was just kind of a strange set of stakes um so he's like i guess absorbing the life force from this satellite beam and uh wonder woman can't like get to him she tries to like lasso him it's to wendy that doesn't it's too Yeah, it is very windy. That's true. <laughs> Wonder Woman's greatest nemesis, the wind. Um So she couldn't lasso Max, but she manages to use her lasso on the beam. Right?
0: Unclear. It cuts away and Un, all of a uncle- sudden the lasso was on Max Lord's ankle.
1: Yeah. And By being on his ankle, instead of seeing Max Lord on the TV, everyone is just seeing, like, this glowing gold that, I guess, represents the, like, truth of the lasso of truth. Um, And so everyone's, like, simultaneously, everyone in the world is learning this valuable lesson of, like, the truth of basically be careful what you wish for like, the thing that you think you want is not actually good for the world. Uh, So slowly people are renouncing them, which is, there's a lot of, like, weird... I don't know. (laughs) Like, this this doesn't make a whole lot of sense how this would work.
0: (sighs) It's sad, because it feels like this is what the movie really wants us to, like, take away, is that the world, given unfettered access to any wish in the world that everyone would renounce it i just i i that's such a powerfully hopeful message and i appreciate that that's what they're trying to do but it is so ridiculously unrealistic the world would break if in the 80s just any wish could happen and then you have to take back that wish. Like, the person who died, when she that wish is renounced, does she wake up and someone's telling her, you have to renounce your wish even though you were just dead? Does she remember? Like, there's so many implications to this. It's arguably bigger than the whole, like, snap in Marvel of people disappearing for five years and then coming back. You remember how I was so annoyed in a uh, Spider Man Far From Home that they played that off as a joke and just didn't deal with any of like the ramifications of what that means? It's kinda like yeah. that here, but it's bigger because magic is yeah. just like known to the world now. And everyone's just like, eh, I wish for a billion dollars and uh, my dad died, but then I renounced it, and now dad's alive again. Like, I just yeah. it, it opens the door so big, and it's like I understand. That's why I the Dreamstone doesn't work because they just they went so big.
1: <laughs> they went as big as they could possibly go with it. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree, and I do think. Again, I said this a bunch of times. So I feel like they're they're. Big picture, like the themes of this movie, I actually really liked. I liked, I don't know, it felt like there was maybe more thought put into like, I don't know, more of a thematic lesson to be learned, rather than just like, we've defeated the villain once again, we're victorious, Mm -hmm. and maybe the main character has some like, underlying like, personal issues they've got to deal with. Like, they tried to go a different direction with that. But I feel like they started out with that and then wrote in the plot to get there and what they ended up with was just kind of a mess. So I feel like the means in order to achieve the final goal just didn't didn't really click, ended up just feeling kind of ridiculous, incredibly over the top, and yeah, definitely went beyond suspending disbelief.
0: Mm. Another, I feel like if we had to, like, sum up, like, if we could sum up all superhero sequels, I feel like most of them are negative, right? Like, I feel like there are some bright spots like Spider-Man 2 and X2, but I feel like most of the time we're getting, like, an Iron Man 2 or a Thor the Dark World.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the second sequels do suffer. I think that's a pretty widely accepted trend um i guess i'm not sure why that is i think there is a lot of like as much as people complain about origin stories like we're all very comfortable with an origin story Mm
0: -hmm. because it's (laughs) the character learning like they're learning about themselves and as we're learning about themselves there's comfort in that
1: yeah and the story just kind of fits like a ridiculous superhero of like you have these ridiculous powers and you're learning how to use them and you have to use them to overcome some evil and decide whether you're going to be good or evil. Like All of the storylines that come with an origin story just kind of makes sense for what the genre is. Mm-hmm. I feel like you get to a sequel, and it's kind of just like in a blank canvas, and it's like we can go wherever we want with it. And, yeah, I feel like sometimes that goes in a good direction, sometimes it doesn't it seems like a lot of times there's more than one voice in the room kind of trying to write the sequel. And so it ends up becoming kind of a tangled mess. Um, yeah. And I, I, I do feel like, I mean, we've championed the MCU movies so much on this podcast, but I feel like a big part of why the MCU worked so well was once it got a overarching narrative, you can rely on the story of, The series instead of an individual movie. Mm -hmm. And DC doesn't really have that. There's no overarching DC narrative to really tie back to because they weren't going to reference Justice League in any way in this movie. Um, yeah, but I, I do agree. I think, I think a lot of direct sequel superhero movies end up, I don't know. I don't know if it's falling short of expectations, but definitely not as beloved as the, the first movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like there could be some like research paper about like, are there common missteps that always happen with, or that typically happen with superhero sequels? And how can that be avoided? I don't know. I just find it fascinating. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: yeah, This was, this was a fascinating movie and I, yeah, I won't say that I loved it. I won't say that I hated it. I, it was entertaining. Definitely just to have something to watch over Christmas, but, um, Yeah, this falls somewhere in, like, a weird nebulous middle zone of just, like, superhero sequels that I uh, probably will not be rushing to revisit.
0: Yeah, same. Um, But apparently it's doing, you know, something for people, because I think the week it came out, they already said that they're fast-tracking Wonder Woman 3. Which I'm excited about. I like Gal Gadot as this character, and I think Patty Jenkins is a good director. I'm not upset that we're getting more of these. Um, I do... It feels like Wonder Woman is somewhat like holding up um, the DCEU right now, though. So I want want it to be good. (laughs) I guess that's what I'm saying. Because I want to like it.
1: Yeah, and I I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of curious whether, huh? I don't know. I don't know whether I want more for Wonder Woman to just kind of stand under its own weight as like a separate movie series, and we just kind of forget about like Batman or Superman, Justice League, and it's just like these are the Wonder Woman movies. Um,
0: well, okay, yeah. That uh, let me clarify. That's what I mean. I. I have given up all hope that we're gonna have any sort of like cohesive universe with DC. So I just want Wonder Woman movies to be good, so that someone can be like, I don't like there being like a monopoly on superhero movies. I guess so. I like that yeah. there's another company at least pumping some of these out. Um, so I would like the Wonder Womans to you know be quality
1: at least. Yeah, yeah, and I I don't know. I at least have hope we can have it. A- a decent Wonder Woman movie series, a decent Aquaman movie series. I'm somewhat hopeful for the Robert Pattinson Batman movie.
0: Wow, I forgot uh, about that.
1: So we can have these different, like, strains without having the DCEU. Right. I don't, I don't They've got to do something with Superman. I, um,
0: I think it's too hard, man. I think he is too big of a character. I think the obstacles you have to put in his way are too big to keep it a grounded story. Uh, and i think that's a part of wonder woman's problem too they're too strong <laughs> yeah like yeah. i i mean for thor to have his battles he has to be off world <laughs> like and unless and we're doing that with superman and wonder woman i don't know
1: yeah i don't i don't know how to fix it if i did i think i, <laughs> I think i could make some money um hmm, okay well um we spent quite a long time talking about Wonder Woman. Um, I know you didn't want to go too in-depth on our other movie, Soul, um, because you still want to revisit it and gather some more thoughts on it, but do we want to briefly uh, touch on some of, the, some of our first reactions to the movie?
0: Yeah, I, I am curious to hear uh, what your experience was like. Did you watch this one with family as well?
1: Um, so I watched this with some friends on New Year's Day. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, we went over and it had it, it just snowed a bunch in Kansas City. So we, we went over in the snow and watched the movie and it was cozy and fun. So mm-hmm. uh, it was a good setting to watch the movie in. But yeah, again, we'll watch it with other people. I think uh, I'm enjoying that part of uh, watching these movies at home. I'm assuming your family all gathered around and sat down, too.
0: Uh, yes, yes. This we were pretty excited about. I mean, this is, like, we love Disney and Pixar in our household, and this being, like, the first, like, black-led Pixar movie, we were pretty hyped about it. So it was it was really cool getting to watch this together as a family.
1: Yeah. So what, what did you think? I think a lot of the reaction to this movie has been very positive. Mm-hmm. Um... I think my initial assumptions were that this was like a I don't know different version kind of of Inside Out. It's Pete Doctor, the same director and writer of Inside Out. And I think that's largely true. I think it it is very similar to Inside Out just in how it's exploring the methods it uses to explore some themes while being a different story with different messages and different characters and all that, but I don't know. What What did you think in the
0: movie? Uh, I mean, first impressions, I really liked it, but I think there's some sort of friction that bothered me because I did have this um, pretty high on a pedestal as far as expectations go, and I feel like I need to watch it again because I think there are things that are very special about this movie that I may not have gotten throughout a first watch, so I want to reserve final, like, Feelings there, But first impressions, I really liked it. I want to save room to bring that up to love it. And I do think that it is easily comparable to Inside Out, but I think it also shares a lot of thematic elements that Up has. And I think that's the portion of the movie that's really hitting it for me. Just those theories of what it means to you know, go what it means to go about your day to day life and what that means in the grand scheme of things. And I always find that like a fascinating concept to think about. Um so I, I want to watch it again. I want to give this the opportunity to I, I wanna watch it with a more critical eye, I
1: suppose. Yeah, interesting. I I do feel like this movie, more than probably any other Pixar movie, felt like it was made for adults. <laughs> Like, it's just a very adult movie with adult themes, and it's kind of, I don't know, I kind of had a hard time picturing, like, little kids loving this movie and wanting to watch it over and over again, um, but I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing by any uh, means. I think this movie will hold up very well to, like, critical analysis and might be, like, an Oscar contender, even. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did it did just feel a little different than a lot of Pixar movies I've seen because it's it was very, I don't know, thoughtful and made you analyze things in a more in-depth way than some Pixar movies do.
0: Right, and I think other Pixar movies have aspects of that, but I think this leans into it more than we've seen in the past, which I think is why I maybe wasn't in the best mindset going into it because you know i i do expect uh, pixar movies especially pete doctor movies to have me think and challenge me in in interesting ways it just went farther than i thought it would so i want to be kind of in the right mindset when i watch it again
1: that's fair yeah no i i thought it was a really good movie and i'm, I'm excited to have a more in-depth discussion about it um do you think this is <laughs> Your favorite movie of the year? Who knows?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have not gone to make a list or anything. Um, It could be. I don't know. I'll reserve judgment for that. But speaking of which, uh, if we're moving off so, you have curated a top ten list. And I would love to hear it because uh, if people have been keeping up, they will know that I am woefully behind in movie watching. But uh, you're fairly caught up, so I'm curious what stuck with you
1: this year. Yeah, I feel like somehow I've seen enough movies in 2020 to, like, feel like I got a good picture of what it had to offer, which wasn't a whole lot. But um are you planning on going back and watching 2020 movies you've missed to try to, like, fill out the year? Like, are there, are there things you are just, like, dying to watch and haven't had time to, or is it just kind of like nothing has really piqued your interest enough
0: i think everything i'm i think there are some that i'm keeping in like a list on my phone that'll be like if i get bored one weekend i have like a couple hours i will watch a movie occasionally until i'm caught up but i'm not really keeping it as like a to-do list gotta get these watch now just because i feel like most of the conversation is passed. <laughs> yeah at least for some of
1: yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't, and I don't think there's going to be much continuing conversation with the, many of these movies. Um, I think once we get into the 2021, like, main slate around, like, I don't know. I don't want to put a date on it, but it looks like movies are supposed to be coming out in March and April and sometime in the spring. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's just going to go back to those, like, the big blockbuster movies that are coming out, hopefully mm-hmm. in theaters. Um, Yeah, but I can, so I can read through. I kind of threw together a top ten that I'm not incredibly confident in, Um, at least in the order I have put these things, but these are just some of the movies that I thought were the most notable. Um, Would you like me to start from bottom to top or top to bottom? Oh, got to be bottom to top. Okay, I was going to say that's that's the way we've always done it. Um, So some of these we've talked about, I think, in various episodes, Um, but if you want to stop and talk about it, we can. Okay. So, I have number 10, I have Emma. Did you see Emma? I don't think you did.
0: No, I remember, I think you squeezed this in shortly before the lockdown, though.
1: Yes, so, and I kind of realized after I had put my list together and was looking back at it, that a lot of my rankings are kind of tied to, like, I don't know, memorable, Movie viewing experiences because I just haven't had many this year. Emma was the last movie that Abby and I saw before theaters closed and the like everything hit. Like it okay. was, it was the weekend before. I don't know. Everything got crazy with COVID. I remember we we went and saw this with Abby's sister and went to like Panera or something after. And it was just really weird, because I think there had just been a case in our city, mm. and people were starting to freak out, and places just felt kind of, like, I don't know, eerie and ominous. But I remember thinking this movie was, I don't know, good and fun, and it's bright and colorful, and, um I don't know, it it had its own style to it, and oh, I remember enjoying, like, going to the theater and seeing it and thought back on that time quite a bit as I sat as the months passed and I didn't go to theaters forever um but the movie itself is pretty good I don't know how into like Jane Austen costume dramas you are um but it was entertaining okay good deal Um, yeah I remember
0: you speaking of it favorably
1: yeah so Let's see. Number nine, I have Onward. I don't think Onward's going to be my favorite Pixar movie at all, but, <laughs> um, it was, it was a good time. It was fun and made you smile and it had a heartfelt moment at the end. And I remember sitting around watching it with friends because it was like the first like thing that came out on streaming after COVID did. Um, yeah, so I I feel like onward gets like a soft smile from me, yeah. but it, it's definitely like not top tier Pixar by any stretch. Yeah,
0: I if memory serves, I don't think it made it very far in our Pixar tournament earlier in the summer. Yeah.
1: No, I I don't know. I wor- I'm worried that I'm probably gonna forget most of this movie if I haven't already. Um, yeah, number eight. I have Wonder Woman 1984. Hey, there we go. I don't know if this is a better like quality movie than onward, but it felt so good to just watch a superhero movie again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was just fun sitting around and joking about it and i I don't know I enjoyed discussing it with with people and on the podcast so um yeah we've already we've already talked about that <laughs> uh number seven, I have Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Oh, nice! Yeah, this is Chadwick Boseman's last performance. I think I mentioned it an episode or two ago, um, but it's on Netflix. I don't know. Both, both the Chadwick Boseman performance and I don't know. I I did kind of just like this movie. It felt very small and contained, and kind of allowed the actors to uh, I don't know perform uh, mm-hmm. in a way that some other things don't. Uh, and it just felt like people were enjoying. Being in the movie and being a part of this. And I, Chadwick is definitely like the center of it and brings a lot of gravity to it. But yeah, I do think it's a really good movie, so I would encourage you to watch it at some point. Yeah,
0: I was supposed to over the break. Uh, I was supposed to watch it with my family, but we came in like a day later, and I think we were supposed to. So they watched it without me.
1: <laughs> oh, no. I know. Did you hear? Did they talk about it at all? Do you know what they thought of it?
0: They really liked it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good.
0: They said it reminded oh. them very much of fences that came out a couple years ago. I was
1: okay, I I wasn't sure if you had seen fences, but it it does feel quite a bit like that. Both are from plays and they both feel like plays that have mm. been turned into movies, which is kind of a weird feeling. Um, uh, but if you can kind of like accept that that's what it is and it's not trying to be like I don't know, a regular movie, quote-unquote. Yeah. Um, I think you can kind of just enjoy it. I almost feel like watching Hamilton kind of makes that better because we're kind of considering that to be a movie, mm-hmm. and it's a little higher up on my list. But um, that is actually just a recording of a musical, so <laughs> um, I feel like it makes watching a play script that has been turned into a movie a little easier. Okay, cool. Um Number five, I have Invisible Man. I think you really enjoyed this one too.
0: I did. It was a big surprise for me because it's not a uh, genre we're usually digging.
1: Yeah, I was I was kind of going back through like ish movies that you know, I have watched, and this is definitely I don't know. I definitely have a type. I like a little technology mixed in there, which mm-hmm. this one did. Um. And I definitely prefer more like thrillery to like gross out horror-y. Right. Um, and this one was much more of that, just like building suspense instead of I don't know shock and nasty. And yeah, I I just I don't know some of the like Ari, Ari Aster movies, Midsommar and Hereditary. I just can't. I don't know. Those just make those are not for me. Yeah, but Invisible Man I can get on board with. I thought thought it was very well done. Felt like the kind of small movie that I enjoy Mm -hmm. um number four i've got eurovision song contest the story of fire saga
0: (laughs) man i didn't think it'd be this high
1: it's a good movie i actually just watched this with abby the other night and she loved it
0: (laughs) okay good
1: and i keep finding more and more people that really enjoyed it and i feel like that's boosting my confidence that this is actually like a fun movie instead of just, like, a bad movie that I secretly enjoy. (laughs) So I'm more confident recommending it to people, I think.
0: Okay, this is definitely on Grace and I's watch list. We might put it in this weekend.
1: Oh, you should. And let me know uh, which of the songs get stuck in your head, if not all of them.
0: That's the thing I'm afraid of. I don't know if I'm prepared to have that.
1: (laughs) It's a whole world. Eurovision is just, like, this whole thing that you kind of have to discover um yeah great great time though i feel like that's probably the funniest movie i've seen this year oh nice um so my top three i kind of struggled with the order so number three i've got soul um and having seen it just within the past few days i feel like i'm still kind of similar to you kind of grappling with where my feeling on this movie falls i definitely enjoyed it but it's it is kind of that like Was it a really good movie or was it like a great movie? Right. (laughs) Um, And I don't know. I I think there are definitely some things I really enjoyed about it and I don't know. I don't know. So I I think I probably need more time on this one to see where it ultimately falls. But okay. I have it at number three right now.
0: I'm glad to hear you say that because I, I was like, am I being silly? But I really didn't feel prepared to talk about it. And I guess it worked out since we spent so long talking about Wonder Woman. But
1: yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's a lot. I, I <laughs> wasn't sure we would have that much to say. But oh, man. Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> OK. Uh, so then I put Hamilton at number two. Oh. And I put I put Tenet in number one. Okay. And okay. after our long discussion about Tenet, I feel a little less confident. <laughs> I'm um, so sorry. And <laughs> it is a. No, I think it's fully founded. And, like, I had already kind of compared Tenet to the other Christopher Nolan movies. And I think it's definitely, like, mid tier. And I feel kind of silly, like, putting it as my best movie of the year. But I think a lot of this is framed by, like, actually going to a theater in the middle of the pandemic kind of risking it and going out there and seeing it and having that experience and i don't know it just it it felt so good to be seeing a movie i had been looking forward to so much in a theater mm-hmm. um, so i think that's a big piece of it i enjoyed kind of trying to work through the the puzzle of it even if it doesn't all make sense um and and I do think I'm agreeing more and more that it's, like, more convoluted than it has any right to be. Um, but as far as, like, an entertainment product, I think I think Tenet is definitely up there for me this year. And I also felt kind of weird putting Hamilton as my number one because it's—I don't know. It's not really a movie. It's a recording of a Broadway musical. So it seems kind of strange to have that as my favorite movie of the year. Yeah,
0: but, I know exactly what you mean.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, Hamilton was great, and I, I enjoyed watching that so much. Um, and feeling like I was, like, finally a part of, like, a discussion that had be- happened, like, four years ago.
0: Right. It still blows my mind that, like, Hamilton came out in, like, 2015. It's like what were we doing in twenty fifteen? We hadn't even like graduated college yet <laughs> It was like but the world was being taken to storm by this, yeah um, yeah, uh, I have not made a list, but Hamilton is far up there for me as well, like when we went to go visit my family at one point, we were kind of just chilling while uh my little two and a half year old niece she was taking a nap, so us adults were just kind of hanging out. My sister put on Hamilton, and before you knew it, we were all just watching because it's Hamilton. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel like you can do that. I I don't feel like I've quite gone as deep as some people. Like, I forget where it was, but, like, one of the Hamilton songs came out and, like, three people just started, like, word-for-word word singing the song, and I was like, whoa. Like, I, I'm not that deep yet. Like, I don't know all the lyrics to all of these songs that are, like, I don't know. I'm not quite there with it, but I, I <laughs> yeah. do really enjoy it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to I wonder if we'll get more kind of like Broadway plays taken or put to screen. I don't know if they'd have the same effect as Hamilton has just because yeah, Hamilton I just, is so massive. I don't think,
1: yeah, I don't think there's been a Broadway musical that's had the like cultural I, mean, I think it could have been similar when like The Lion King like Broadway mm. musical came out if they had put that on. A streaming service but like obviously that's so old that well, it would have been like a VHS tape or something yeah um, I don't know I, I am excited and I can tell you Abby is definitely excited for In the Heights which is Lin-Manuel's basically other musical that he's made into an actual movie um, that's supposed to come out hopefully this summer yeah
0: we'll see about that one
1: Yeah? Do you have reservations?
0: I I do, and I don't know why. I saw the trailer, and I was like, okay. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to see it, and I'll probably enjoy it and eat my words. I'm just... mm, We'll see.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get hopeful that at some point things will be, like, firmed up enough to where we can have an actual discussion about, like, summer movies that are supposed to come out and get excited for them, but it's still a little too early to do that.
0: It sure is, because I went to work today and heard some horrific stories about people going different places, uh, during a oh, holiday man. break. That's, um, that's very true. Yeah, it brought me down to earth real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll see.
1: Yeah, well, that's, that's my, uh, top ten for 2020. Um, it's been a weird year, but we've got a little hope for the future, um. Any ideas as to what we'll be talking about next?
0: Uh, We might try and double back and, you know, really dig into Soul. Um, Is there anything else that's coming out recently? I know in theaters, uh, Promising Young Woman came out, and that's one I had my eye on earlier in the year. So I might try and um, see if I can... Find a smaller show timing of that if that's not coming to video on demand because I am very curious about that because it's got Bo Burnham in it and I haven't seen him in anything in a while.
1: Um, yeah, I'm I'm interested in that. There's also the Tom Hanks Western News of the World. Um, that seems very much like a dad movie. Yeah, I
0: I don't know if I can venture out for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe might not be worth the trip you kind of gotta be a little more careful much different than the old movie past days where (laughs) if you look at a movie you might end up going to see it
0: (laughs) it's like oh yeah i could probably do this Um, yeah
1: i saw so many crappy movies then um, um i don't i don't know if there's a whole lot that's scheduled to come out in january um there's an anthony mackie android movie on netflix that's coming out um, and then in February we'll get a couple like of the oscar type contenders um, coming out in theaters. But I think most stuff is kind of holding off for March it seems like.
0: Okay. Okay. So let's be tentative just as the movie releases right now are tentative because, you know, who knows?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good plan. Um, but we will be back with another episode. Um, In the future, at some point, I don't think we'll be off too long.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, you dear listener, if there is a movie in particular you know you are excited about that might be coming to streaming or smaller theaters near you, feel free to let us know by shooting us an email at mainlymoviespod at gmail.com. We're going to do our best to try and see the movies we are interested in as safely as possible. Um, Let us know what you thought of Soul or Wonder Woman 1984 if you happen to watch either of those over the break. Um. Yeah. Okay. Small side note, I'm looking at this list of movies coming out. It appears that we're going to get a small deluge of, like, movies set during quarantine. I don't know if I want that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't either. I feel like I heard some, maybe on another podcast, a discussion of, like, should movies take into account, like, COVID and, like, should background characters be wearing masks and Or should we just like ignore it and pretend like it didn't happen? Or is that irresponsible? I feel like we can have some like covety like there's gonna be a contagion type, like I don't know, pandemic thriller at some point. But I don't want every movie to be like this is this kind of movie, but it's set during COVID times. Yeah,
0: I don't I don't think we need a frame of reference that this that the movie is taking place in twenty twenty. I think some of us are yeah. trying to watch movies for like a sense of release. I don't know if I need people in the background wearing masks. Like if that's necessary for them to be safe or whatever, so be it. But I don't need it for like aesthetic purposes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I agree
0: okay okay small tangent but (laughs) (laughs) as always we're watching movies we hope you are too and we'll catch you next time